You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Yumacon 2019. I'm talking to Steve Stern. Nice to be here. Thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm talking to you again. Like uh, We talked to you last year, I believe, here at Yumacon. So uh, what is it like a year later? Well, I love coming here. I love the town. I love the con. It's very chill here. The people are <laughs> wonderful, very receptive, very interested, and uh, we'll keep coming here. Good. Uh, so other than Intergalactic Ninja... What else? What are, what other books that we have? Uh, you have here at your booth. Well, uh, the newest book is the Alexander Hamilton graphic novel that is published in this oversized hardcover format that people are really responding to. I wrote it after seeing uh, Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda's musical in okay. L.A. where I live. Mm-hmm and uh, then took about a year researching Hamilton's life, including reading Ron Chernow's uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning biography of uh, Hamilton because I wanted to do his life justice in the graphic novel. And what what is it that we can expect in reading the, the graphic novel? Well, there's something very interesting in it and okay. I'll tell you what that is I mean I don't want you to give anything away no I won't give it away okay. I'll just put it out there very transparently yeah. uh, Hamilton was born in the Caribbean on a small island in the Caribbean and over the years there's become a growing body of whether you want to call it evidence or speculation that he may have been of mixed heritage And if you go on the internet, for example, and you put in Alexander Hamilton heritage or ancestry, you'll see exactly what I mean. I felt there was enough uh, evidence, if you will, as to the veracity of that, that I I have included it in the graphic novel. I can't definitively say that is the case, but for example... uh, when there's a slave auction, as there was on the island where he grew up, one of the uh, kids accuses him, as it were, of being of mixed heritage. And uh, a few other instances in his life, I also insert that information. For example, and again, some of this you understand, is me uh, taking a leap of creativity liberties when for example uh, George Washington uh, named Hamilton his aide de camp and and he was the youngest one ever for Washington Um, I have Hamilton tell Washington that there are rumors that he is of mixed heritage and that he 
wants Washington to know this before he takes the job in case Washington felt that that was a negative for him. And Washington, in true Washingtonian fashion, says, that's fine with me. It's your words and deeds that matter. It doesn't matter what kind of blood is flowing in your veins. And so that is included in the, uh, the graphic novel. And interestingly, in the musical, which, as you know, Miranda, you know, who's a Latino, uh, played Washington, right? And, of course, there are also many parts played by African-Americans. For example, Washington is played, is played by an African-American, typically in, in the musical. Right. Um, but the, the potentiality that Hamilton himself was of mixed heritage is not ever, ever mentioned hmm. in the musical. So I mentioned it in the <laughs> So, I mean, going doing that kind of research, like, how much time did you spend doing that before sitting down to outline the book or, you know, set up your, your ideas? I took about a year to okay. do it. Which I'm told, I, I believe when Miranda decided to do the m- musical, he took uh, Cherno's biography with him on a vacation and read it, and it took him about a year mm-hmm. to mount the musical. And interestingly enough, for whatever reason, it took me about a year to write the book. And then uh, uh, an artist named Stan Timmons, whose work I've always admired, uh, Stan illustrated the book, and it took him several months to do that. So it was a year, year and a half to bring the book to fruition. And uh, was there information that you found? Or what was it that, how do you go about finding that in that research how do you go about finding all that information for a character that or a character for a figure that lived so long ago well i in addition to cherno's biography i read several other books mm-hmm. on hamilton and i did a ton of research on the internet okay and you know the internet is a font of information yes so between all the research it was a good year before i actually put pen to paper, so to speak, uh, and wrote the book. But it's had an amazing reception. Uh, Schools order it. Libraries order it. School libraries order it. And uh, the public uh, at at these conventions, such as here at Yuma, uh, are really responding to the book. And it's a gorgeous book because uh, Ken Levin, our publisher of First Comics, decided to give the book a... Okay. royal treatment and it's as you see it's in an oversized hardcover format there's also a slightly lower priced uh, paperback version of it but the hardcover is what everyone seems to want would it be a uh, good compendium to the the music would it be a good companion to the to the to the musical if people had already seen that or listened to it? I would say that if if you haven't seen the musical it would be wonderful to read the book first because in the fast moving musical you know you can't follow everything and you're so caught up in the amazing rap hip hop music so I think it would be a fabulous book to read prior to seeing the musical when you were when you were writing it when you were giving instruction to your uh, your artist you know what was it that you put on the page to instruct them of what you wanted to see like 
did you give them also the research pages to to look at? I gave like Stan a lot of research, but the thing about Stan is his artwork has a period perfect style to it. He was the perfect artist to do the Hamilton graphic novel. Okay. So when uh, you obviously had you went and saw the show and you want you had this idea of wanting to, to write this, you know, what went through your mind of like, well, is this something I want to do right now because it's because the show is so popular, or like, did you have any um, hindrances to to writing? Well, you know, I when I get enthusiastic about something, I just go for it. Uh, I was so enthralled by the musical and the way it brought Hamilton to life and put him in a modern context that. As, as soon as I saw the musical, I remember walking out saying, I've got to do a graphic novel. I, did, I don't go through a lot of thinking in terms of, is this marketable? Who, who might like to read it? I, but, I, but obviously, uh, the uh, amazing success of the musical has not hurt the appeal of the book. I mean, that's just a, a given. Now, your other book over here, you have the Beowulf book. Now, you said that was a, a big seller in the, in the British pre press. Yeah. Uh, um, I lived uh, the entire year of 2007 in London, and I met a great guy, uh, publisher Harry Marcos of Marcosia Publishing. You can go to their website. They have a gorgeous website. Harry's a great guy. I met with him over lunch in London. We had pizza with a fried egg on it. I'd never had that in my life. And Harry and I just clicked, you know. And I told Harry that I was in the process of writing the Beowulf graphic novel because I've always loved Beowulf. And I had recently read uh, Seamus Heaney, the Nobel Prize winning poet's translation of the epic poem. And I, and I was writing my graphic novel based on Heaney's work. So Harry might have been a little quizzical about me, uh, an American, writing this epic poem. Um, but he took a chance on me, and the book became extremely popular. It's been translated into a few different languages. And it started out its life as a paperback and then became a larger format paperback and now is this gorgeous hardcover edition that has continued to sell regularly for the past 11 years since it's been out. And my belief is that it's, it, it is definitely one of the top-selling, if not the top-selling book that... Marcosia has had, so I think Harry's happy that he took a chance on me. That's awesome. What what was it that drew you to such an iconic liter literary character? Well, I I just always loved the you know I I'm an English I was an English major. I have a BA in English from the University of Miami. It's, I grew up in Miami Beach, and um, I just, I, you know, again, it's sort of like similar to my experience with Hamilton. I saw the musical and said, I'm going to do a graphic novel. I had ever since 
college wanted to do a graphic novel about Beowulf. And so, again, it's if I'm enthusiastic about something, I'm going to do it. And I do have something else coming out soon that I'll give you a little preview of that we haven't even announced yet, also based on my enthusiasm. You've probably never heard of a story called The Yellow Wallpaper. No. I'm guessing you haven't. I have not. So there's a site on the internet, uh, Project Gutenberg, where all sorts of public domain stories and novels are published because it's in the public domain so anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. So I would look at the statistics which they list at Project Gutenberg and typically... Um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein uh, would be like number one or two or three of the most downloaded uh, story books every month. And uh, A Tale of Two Cities, David Copperfield, Robin Hood, some of Jane Austen's books like Pride and Prejudice. So I, I would look at that, and then I noticed all of a sudden, like either number two or three consistently, was something called the yellow wallpaper. So I checked it out. It's a, it's a, fe, it's a feminist gothic horror story that was written in the Victorian era. Okay. I read the story, got very enthusiastic about it, and I have shortly coming out the Yellow Wallpaper graphic novel. That's amazing. Which no one else has done. Okay. And so there's a little preview. And, uh, well, that's really up to my publisher, okay. but I'd say within the next three to four months. Sounds great. Um, then talking about Zen, you know, how long have you been doing that book? Zen? Yes. A mere 33 years. Just a mere 33 and, you know, Zen has been a real blessing to me. You know, like that expression, baseball has been very, very good to me. You know, as, as a lot of people know, there were two Konami video games, a Game Boy and an NES game back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Just Toys action figures, all of which sold out, you know. At that time, there were places like uh, Toys R Us, which no longer KB exists. Toys. KB Toys. Uh, there was a, in terms of the video games, I believe there was a store called Electronic Something or Other. I don't even remember the name, but it was a big chain. They're all pretty much gone now. Mm -hmm. all these. But at that time, those brick-and-mortar businesses existed, and the Zen products sold out nationwide. And now, most recently, uh, we did a uh, six-issue miniseries, uh, we meeting myself as writer and Marat Michaels as artist, called Hard Bounty. Uh, those six issues were collected into a trade paperback. Currently, if you go to Amazon, they're selling that book, that book for $100, and uh, I found out that Walmart has a website. They're selling it for, I believe, $150. So, obviously, uh, the market has determined that that book is a hot, valuable book, right? Uh, First Comics has not done a second printing yet, and I don't know when that's coming out. But 
so Zen, after 33 years, remains a very viable property. And I will just mention to you that we are in the process of developing some media projects. Uh, I'll divulge more when I can. When you can. But, but it's more probable now than ever that one day one might see Zen on the screen. Okay. I mean, can't wait to see that. That's That sounds amazing. I mean, what does that mean to you, though? To, to other, What does that mean to you to, to see a character that you, you've been working on for 33 years to, to possibly be on the screen? Well, I can speak to that because, you see, Zen has been optioned for films three times in the past. Okay. And what that means is a production company will pay you some money to get an exclusive period of time wherein only they can develop the property. And most of the time, they can't. They try and they can't. And that happened three times with Zen in the past. So we got quite close in the past to there being a Zen movie, say. I feel everything happens when it's supposed to happen. I also know that back 10, 15 years ago, where CGI was at, wouldn't have made that great a movie as it can now be. So I believe everything uh, happens in its own time. And obviously, um, that is something that I would love to see happen because who wouldn't want to have Zen either as a show on TV or streaming media or as a movie? Because then the property that Dan Cody, the artist, and I created is exposed to the widest possible audience. And I don't know anyone who's created something who wouldn't like it to be exposed to the widest possible audience. Can I ask you this then? Uh, in the in your in the previous times that the that it was almost made into a movie, um, was it like a story that couldn't be cracked with it, or was it just the CG of it, or? Like like, why was it not made, if you can answer that? Well, it's all a matter of uh, money. Money, okay. Uh, when, a, when a production company has your property, they have to develop the oftentimes many, many millions of dollars it takes to mount one of these projects. And the companies that had optioned us were not that big, were not that powerful, and I don't even think they're in existence anymore. So it was just an opportunity that you took that may have worked or may not have worked. Was I disappointed in every instance? Of course. Who wouldn't be? But you know, you get a tough skin after a while. And despite the fact that we have something in development right now, um, if it happens, wonderful. If it doesn't happen, I'll just wait till the next opportunity. So you have to learn not to have your, get your expectations up. That's fair. Well, I, I didn't take up more, too much more of your time, but thank you. Thank you for, for coming down to Yuma. Thank you for being here at this our convention and then and t- sitting down and talking to me. Well, thanks. Thanks for your interest, and we'll see you next year. Yes, definitely. So this is Mitch down on the convention floor of YumaCon 2019 saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.